We'll get you out of here by 10 after. Will that work? All right. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the gospel, uh, the good news. And I thought about how to present this because the gospel, we, we all know, you know, we talk about the gospel. To some degree or other, we, we understand the gospel. At, at the very least, we've heard it. We know that that word even means the good news, right? Um, but then the Bible has a lot to say about the gospel. So we're just going to take, take a big, broad look at it and see where that leads us, okay? Um, we're going to start with the Bible in the Old Testament. And... Um, the neat thing about the about the kingdom of God and the Bible in general, and you'll always hear this from me, I love to set everything up with this because I'm a big picture guy. I believe in the big picture. I think that our God is a sovereign God that knew us before the foundation of the world, and uh, nothing that happens on this earth takes him by surprise. Uh, he has a plan. He is a big God, and he is going to execute that plan, whether we like it or not. Uh, we, the, if we're smart, we will go along with his plan so that we will be a part of his story, right? I mean, you've heard that said the word history is really just his story. And if you want to be a part of his story, you better get on board with whatever it is he's doing in the earth. Uh, that's just common sense. But I like to set up this way. So he, he planned all this before the foundation of the earth, and he wanted a people. Can, I mean, can we agree with that? He created us all in his image and and that is entirely too cool because um, when you look around you see everyone is different but yet we all are a reflection of one of the attributes or one or more attributes of God many of the attributes of God actually and then in the end he is going to have a people that are his whenever this thing is all wrapped up and he wipes away every tear, every sorrow, every pain, he's going to have his people and we're going to be in fellowship with him for an eternity. We're going to have a, we're going to have a wonderful glorified body. Amen. Anybody down for that? Uh, you know, I could use one of those. Uh, but so I like the big picture, right? I'm a big picture person. But then now in, interwoven in the midst of all of that, the big picture is this thing called the gospel this is the way in which he chose to present his um his take on things to the world was through this thing that we call the gospel the good news so we're going to go back into the old testament and look what and see what the old testament says about it now how many of y'all in here love me okay <laughs> i know there's a couple of them here, but uh, I just want to say, you know, how can you love God unless you love the brother who you have seen? <laughs> but uh, so there's no excuses here, you guys. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be easy on y'all, but this can get a little tough, okay? Th there is mixed in with this wonderful good news a little bit of a severe message, and uh, but it's a it's a it's a good message nonetheless. It's good to have clarity, isn't it? It's good to be clear on where we stand. And, uh, but let's start in the Old Testament. Randall, are you ready for me? Psalms 32.2. You know, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. Do you believe that there is a, a, a man who can stand in that position, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. 
he began to give this picture in the Old Testament of what this good news was going to look like. And this was one of my favorite verses. And also that's echoed again in Romans 4, 8. Uh, Randall, if you've got that right. Oh, man, he's quick. Uh, Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. And now Paul is going back and grabbing that Old Testament scripture, and he's talking about that in light of the gospel, this good news, that this is this right standing that we have before God. Uh, the man whose sin is not counted against him. Sign me up, okay? If that is an option, and <laughs> I want it because uh, I think I probably blew it today at least once. Nora, you were there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's confirming it. Uh, you know, if, if, that's the, if we have an ability to walk in that kind of a righteousness, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Okay, this is part of this good news. All right, uh, Jeremiah 31, 30, 31, 31 through 34. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time. And we're talking about the, the people of God here, the house of Israel, the people of God, uh, as the New Testament kind of clarifies later on declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now that is also echoed in Hebrews ten sixteen. This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. So there is this, there is this time coming whenever there is a, what he called a new covenant, right? And this is what that new covenant is going to look like. Has anyone in here experienced any of this? Okay, what did that feel like? It's, it's um, life-altering, isn't it? I, I, I can share, and I've shared this with pretty much everybody you know, that's ever been through our foundations class, when I was born again, I was radically changed by the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God moved in, he changed my desires. Uh, now, often in teaching about the good news, we leave this part out. You know, and honestly, people that come and hear the gospel, they think, I can never do this. I can't be like you. You know, they see somebody that's been a believer for 10 or 15 years and God's been scraping barnacles off of them and chiseling and hammering out this new creation, you know, that was rough when, it, when he began the work. And they say, I can't be like that. Well, the reality is that he changes you from the inside out. He changed, and that's part of this gospel message, and I think one that gets overlooked. Um, I heard a writer say this one time. He said, just like a caterpillar that is crawling across the twigs and the grass and the leaves and up the stems of the plant and everything, has no idea what it's going to be like to become that butterfly and be able to fly. That that's the way it is with the unregenerate believer. The believer that has not yet experienced the new birth where the Lord has moved in by his spirit and changed him from the inside out. So I would say to you or to anyone who has not yet experienced that, that uh, you're right, you can't live that kind of a holy life. 
But the Spirit of God changing you from the inside out can and will accomplish that. Whenever I changed, it was a radical change. Nora, can I get a witness? Yes, Nora. She prayed for me for over a year before that. But, I mean, I went from, uh, you know, and and I'll be real frank with you. I mean, I went from a dope-smoking, you know, um, beer-drinking hippie thug kind of a yeah it was rough <laughs> to um and and that's what I wanted to do you know I wanted to party I wanted to smoke weed I wanted to drink that's what I wanted to do but whenever uh I gave my life to Jesus and I meant it whenever I said Lord I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life it doesn't matter if anyone else does whenever I said that he changed me he moved in the next day I didn't want to smoke dope I didn't want to drink I didn't want to do any of those things that I've been doing before. I was changed from the inside out. So that's part of the good news, the gospel. And and so, you know, we will, as believers, we will look at people that are not yet there, and we'll be like, man, I don't know, Lord. You know, they're rough. Uh, Terry? Terry's, Terry and I are both kind of from the same camp. I don't want to share all your stuff. But, <laughs> but it's, the, it's the reality, you know, uh, we were changed from the inside out. That's part of the gospel. And that's what this, this says the gospel will look like, right? Okay, as, uh, let's go back to um, Isaiah 53, 6, Randall. Now, the purpose of all of this, I love this scripture as well because, you know, as I love to point out in the classes, this was written roughly 600 years before the crucifixion. 400 years before crucifixion was even used by the Romans. And so the whole 53rd chapter of Isaiah is an amazing predictive prophecy written hundreds of years in advance. Of course, the Old Testament is full of that, which makes the Bible so unique, entirely unique among all the books in the world. There's nothing else like it, you know, with literally hundreds of predictive prophecies written very specific thousands of foretellings and forepictures of these things that were to come. Um, but this one in particular, the thing I love about Isaiah 53 is that not only does it talk about him being wounded for, for us in stripes and his hands and feet being pierced and amazing things like that, but it also talks about the work of the cross, why he did it. And that's the, that's the powerful part here. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. And he will bear their iniquities. Uh, That's the gospel. There is absolutely no one else that can pay a price for us. We can't do it ourselves. Uh, there is no, I mean, there's not a sinless one among us. There's not a one that can stand before the Father and say, you know, let me in based on my goodness. But we have an advocate. It says, therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So we are getting this picture of what is going to happen in the gospel. The gospel is about redemption. It is about him paying a price we could never pay. It is about his shed blood for us. And 
So I, I like going into the Old Testament to look and say, you know, what did the picture look like going forward? What were they looking for? Whenever the Messiah came, what were they looking for? They were looking for a king. They were looking for many things. A lot of them missed this. And really, that's the heart of the message. You know, that we needed a Savior and that he was going to pay this incredible price to redeem us. It's good news. It's good news. That's why we call it the gospel. It's good news. All right, so Isaiah, um, let's see, you already did 11 and 12, Randall? Yes, thank you. All right, so now we're going to jump forward into the New Testament and talk about the the gospels the gospel according to Paul. Now y'all know who Paul was, okay? He was this this great man of God, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament roughly. Um Paul's responsibility um was to bring the gospel or the good news to the Gentiles. That the Bible spells that out. The New Testament says that he was the one that was responsible for bringing this message of good news to us the Gentiles. Primarily, I think, anyone of Jewish descent in here? In, in, okay, yeah, there you go, my brother. <coughs> You're such a clown. But, um, the, all right, so we're mostly Gentiles then, all right? Um, we, we would have been separated from God, you know, by the old laws and everything. I mean, we weren't of the, of the family of Abraham. And uh, so... We've benefited greatly from this. <laughs> I mean, greatly. Uh, the good news from Paul, Romans 1, 16 through 17. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So, how many of y'all have kept the law okay, in its entirety? <laughs> okay. Um, well, neither did I. <laughs> in any given 10-minute period of time in my life, probably. But uh, the righteous will live by faith. You know, that's what it was always about from the beginning. It was always about a people who would, who would walk with God by faith. And I was sharing this with Crystal. I think it was. Where's Crystal? Is she gone? Um, anyway, uh, yesterday we were talking about this. You know, I've always believed that if you look back at those great fathers of faith in in history, you know, in biblical fathers of faith, you look back at them and you say, what was it that was so special about them? They simply believed God. You know, they believed him, and uh, so much so Abraham, if you will remember, was taking his son up to a place where he was going to sacrifice him. And, I mean, he was on the trip, and God stopped him along the trip. Now, the, the amazing thing about that is uh, he kept saying, God will provide. God will provide. He knew that even if, even if he, God had him execute that thing that would have been unthinkable to any of us, that it was still in a good God's sovereign hands that he could trust him no matter what it looked like. 
no matter how crazy it looked, no matter how far uh, it demanded your imagination to run, he knew that he could trust God. He knew the character and nature of God was good and there was nothing could budge him from it. Enoch, who walked with God so much so that he was taken by God, all right, what was, what was the thing with him? Said he just, he walked with God. He was a friend of God. He knew God. He knew God personally. He knew his character. He knew his nature. And there was nothing that could sway him from that. And if you look at all of those great people of faith, that was what they all had in common. A simple understanding and a trust that God was good. And uh, we, can't, we can't hammer on that too much, honestly, because it, whenever I look around uh, at people that are struggling in the world today, and it could be you tonight, it could be one of y'all, or many of you, you know, I always want to ask that question, have we settled this issue? Have we settled this issue? No matter what happens in my life, no matter what it looks like, if the Lord takes me this week, I know it's for my good. It's for the good of those that I love, and there will be a greater good that comes out of it. And Nora's cringing over here, but... I, I mean, and, you you know, you hate to ever go there because you're like, man, I hope nobody plays, you know, because the Lord could take me and they could play this message back and somebody gets saved. You know? <laughs> but, you know, but the reality is, is I do trust him. Uh, I've settled that issue in my heart a long time ago that if, if no matter what happens, no matter what, and I hope you can say that too, no matter what, I know God will use that ultimately for the good and that when i'm standing in heaven i'll be able to go oh okay i see right uh and if you if you're not there yet i i invite you to rise up in your trust in your understanding of a sovereign god who is bigger than you think he is he is able he sees way further down the road than we do Whenever my dad was killed in a farming accident when I was not quite four years old, there's no way that anyone could look at that event and say 30, 40, 50, 45, six years later. Uh, wow. Uh, 46 years later that, you know, I would be standing here passionate about the things of God, that uh, that I would have a, a godly wife and a godly family. You know, my brother, my mother loves the Lord, my I've got brothers that all love the Lord, you know, and and so all of that came out of an unimaginable tragedy, and I and I remind myself of that all the time, that you know what is it going to look like? What's that tragedy that we see now going to look like forty years from now? God knows, and we can trust Him, and so no matter what befalls you in your life, I'm telling you, He's trustworthy. Look for how He begin to believe. And look for how he is going to turn those circumstances around. That's faith. So stand in that and know that he is good. All right. So that is good news, right? For the gospel, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last in total. It's all by faith. Okay. All right, Randall. 
Let's go to 10. All right, everybody's familiar with this scripture. Uh, Romans, starting in 5. Most, uh, Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess, here it goes, that, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you, that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Good news. Right? Okay. Now, i got to be honest with you. Whenever... Um, as a teacher, and, you know, I'm blessed to get to do what we do with the Foundations Tract. I love it. Uh, but as a teacher, the thing you're always scared about is whenever you teach the gospel, the good news, true to what the Bible says about it, uh, that people are going to take it and go, okay, well, all i got to do is believe in Jesus, and I can live however I want, right? I mean, you're always scared of that is it? because you don't want to mislead anyone. You take, you, you take that very seriously and very soberly. The good news really is this good, okay? It really is this good. And so the, you know, the scary thing is, is that someone will get that, and they will just go, well, yeah, I, mean, I believe in Jesus, and so I'm going to party, you know, from now on and just live like the devil and, and just rely upon my understanding of who Jesus is. You know, I do know who he is. I'm going to rely upon that to get me into heaven. Well, you know, you got to got to preach the whole gospel. You got to preach the whole gospel. And that's where Jesus came in, okay? Jesus preached the whole gospel. He preached about a thing called the kingdom of God. And he said that the gospel was a gospel of the kingdom. That's Jesus' words, all right? And he said that there's two kingdoms. He says there is a kingdom of darkness, and there is a kingdom of light, all right? And he said that if you are in the kingdom of darkness, that you will do bad things, okay? And your heart will be bent towards those things. If you are in the kingdom of light, that the Spirit of God, having moved into you, will change your heart, and you will have good fruit you will bear good fruit that is the gospel okay so let's not get let's not get mistaken here it's not a get in free uh card okay uh, the truth of the matter is that it costs you everything it costs you everything jesus said 
that you have to be willing to deny father, mother, brother, sister, best friend, cousin, uncle, nephew, you know, all the way down. I mean, and deny all of that and come follow him. That is what we are called to. Now, the reality is he will add all of that back to you and then much more. But you have to have that mindset, that posture, that heart that says no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to serve you, Lord, and I am going to join you in what you're doing here on this earth. Let me, I'm, let me say that again. I'm going to join you in what you are doing here on this earth. That is the mark of a kingdom person. You have sold out, you've pushed, you've cashed all your chips, and you've said, count me in, Lord. Where do you need me? Uh, that's the gospel. The good news is it's free. The reality is it costs you everything. All right, so uh, we do people a disservice if we let them think that it's going to be anything less than costly. It's going to cost you everything. Is it worth it? Come on. It is absolutely worth it. It's the best life. You know, you think he created us. Maybe he knows how we should live. Maybe he should. He might know what makes us happy, what gives us joy. Whenever you're, and, and we've all had our ups and downs, right? But whenever you're up, whenever you're, man, it's, it's good, isn't it? The joy, the things when you know you're when you know you're a king, you're working in the kingdom, you're doing what he's called you to do. I mean, it is it's the way to live. It's the way to live. It's the good life. So he loves us. He created us. He wrote the book on us, and and so we're crazy. It's just crazy not to just cash it all in and say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to serve you. And uh, you know what? That's going to look so different for so many of you. I mean, just we're different. Some are eyes, some are ears, some are hands, or some are feet. You know, um, some of us are other parts. <laughs> Nora's told me that many years. <laughs> I go, yes, I know it's biblical. <laughs> but <laughs> it's true, I am. <laughs> but... Um, she loves me. She doesn't mean anything by it. <laughs> All right. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah, it's that good, but it costs you everything, doesn't it? Is it worth it again? Come on. I, I, love, I love you guys. Y'all are so sold out. I, I tell you what, y'all are awesome. Where's Michael at? Is he here? Oh, is he? Okay. Tell him we missed him. It's awesome to see what God is doing in this body, isn't it? All right, uh, so this gospel of the kingdom, John 8, 12. Oh, wait, 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 Ephesians 1, 4 through 14. I'm sorry, threw him a curve. It's one of the best ones. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. 
and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ uh, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. This gets really good. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That's you. In order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Woo! Woo! Good news. Good news. The Holy Spirit, the seal guaranteeing your inheritance. Wow. I'm going to go to heaven. <laughs> I hope you join me there. Because, you know, I mean, seriously, uh, it, it doesn't get any better than that. I, that's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, that and Romans, the whole book. And But... Um, that is the good news. We were chosen, predestined before the foundation of the world. Then he placed his Holy Spirit in us so we wouldn't have to guess. We wouldn't have to worry about it from week to week if I'd done more good than bad and all that stuff. No, you can know. You can know that the, you're going to bust heaven wide open. The Holy Spirit, the seal guaranteeing the inheritance of the saints. I, I like to see joyful Christians that know that they know that they know that they're saved. And so, I, you know, if you get around me very long, I'm going to beat you with this stuff because it's good news. It's the gospel, the good news. All right. Thank you, Randall. Uh, on to John 8. So <clears throat> Jesus, as I said, he kept talking about this thing called the, the kingdom of God. And the gospel of the kingdom. Do you remember all of the parables that he, all of the parables that he taught about the kingdom? I mean, there were so many. He he wanted us to understand, so he gave these beautiful word pictures, so it would be really easy for us to understand. You know that um, it, the the kingdom of God is like a a field that's hiding this big treasure, you know. And so this guy knows about it, finds out about it, and he uh, goes and sells everything that he owns to buy that field you know, sells out to buy that field. And so many other things. It's like a pearl of great price. This guy, once he found out about it, you know, he was like, I'm going to sell everything and get it. That is his kingdom. That's kingdom message. It's part of this gospel. It is really that good. And as we said before, it's about selling out. You know, it's about signing up for the kingdom of light. Okay? That's better than Star Wars stuff. Yeah, the kingdom of light, we win. It's real, and it's eternal, okay? Um, so when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. Good word right there. But now look at this. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So what does this thing look like? I mean, what does it look like to be a Christian? Looks like Jesus follows Jesus. We follow him. We're imitators of Jesus. Those things that Jesus did, we do. You know, we walk. We're going to have good works, right? Jesus, what did Jesus do while he was here? He went around. He healed the sick. He, I mean, he did every conceivable good thing he could just from one city to the next and blasted a lot of Pharisees along the way. <laughs> you know, that was my favorite part. <laughs> and so he, uh, that's one of the things you just got to love about Jesus. I mean, he was not religious. Jesus was full of life. He was full of light. Whenever they caught the woman in adultery and they brought her to him and was, they were like, stone, let's stone her, you know, and everything. What did he do? He knelt down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And I think he probably wrote, you know, some stuff. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say, but I'm guessing he was writing sins that most of the people around that crowd could recognize. You know, I'm thinking he was. He was like, you know, pride, you know, <laughs> and uh, things like that. And, and they're sitting there and he, and he goes, okay, so, yeah, the law does say that. Whoever among you is without sin cast the first stone. And they began to leave. It says the oldest ones first. <laughs> I can relate. So, uh, so they begin to leave, you know. And but I mean, this Jesus. I mean, he is the superhero of all superheroes, is he not? I mean, he is. He was such an amazing, amazing person. Uh, you know, so full of love, so full of grace, but yet so full of power and truth. You know, he was God in the flesh. And I, and I always like to tell people, you know, we all want, we look at God and we go, you know, Lord, God, what are you like, this unknowable, amazing God that created heaven and earth? The Bible says that Jesus is the uh, image of the unknown, unseeable creator. So if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. Uh, so the WWJD bracelets... They should be making a comeback any minute. Uh, it's it's that simple. It really is. Look at G, look what would have Jesus done? That is what it is to um, follow in the light. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. We follow him. We're imitators of him. We do those things that he would do as the spirit moves in you. That spirit that's guaranteeing your inheritance, that seal that he put in you. You know, the Bible says an interesting thing in Romans. It says that we are to, uh, we are to whatever it is that we submit ourselves to, we are a slave to. Whether to the spirit for good or whether to sin for evil things. Uh, and, he, and Paul even says, he says, I use this term slavery... Because it's a worldly term, you'll understand, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's a and it's a harsh reality that we are either a, we are in the kingdom of darkness or we're in the kingdom of light, and so the reality of it is, you know, we all have a choice, and what is it we're submitting ourselves to? 
Tune in that Holy Spirit that is within you this week. Okay? Walk in, in the light. And walk in confidence and joy that you are transported into the eternal kingdom of the Son of God. And that whenever his story is finally written at the end of the age, that your name will be found in it. And that you will have run a good race. You will have finished strong. And you will have been a good steward of that which he has given you. If you blew it yesterday, get up and run that race again in the morning, right? Because we are all a work in progress. Stamped right on our forehead. Amen? Amen. When y'all look at me, I want y'all to remember that. Work in progress. Because I need your grace. I need your love. I'm going to blow it. But you know what? I promise to do the same thing for you. Is that fair? All right. Um, love you guys. This is such an amazing church. You know, the things that we have here are unique and rare. And uh, and so uh, let's uh, let's close this thing out because I promised Ruth I would. And actually, I covered my material tonight. So good job. Yeah. All right. So let's pray and we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you are good. To